0: what's going on brother how are you
1: what's up dude how you doing Sir sure john
0: good doing well man doing well you're in sunny california i am man and i am enjoying the weather there you go there you go good good in toronto as well how do i look I've, I'm, I'm on a a new setup i just got this link thing and uh using my dslr for some uh, zoom call do I, look, do I look good do it look like fancy you know, not
1: crystal clear lighting's yeah. good
0: yeah. my lighting seems like it's
1: pretty <laughs> bright but um no we're yeah. gonna we're only
0: gonna put audio up anyway so this yeah means- yeah yeah, for sure dude uh, awesome. i'm uh i'm excited to finally catch up after many many years and yeah. obviously you've been doing cool things so welcome to the podcast
1: oh thank you man thank you it's exciting so, let me know when this like starts is it starting
0: this is starting baby like you know oh, okay <laughs> i'm ready i'm this, ready this this, this podcast <laughs> is rated r for raw I like it. I like it. Let's go. We don't. Roll. We don't. We don't do any post processing. You know, it's one man. <laughs> one one man show here. So look, I, like I, I just wanted to you know introduce you to uh, the audience a little bit. Um, you know, this is uh, Richard Henrique. He's the man. Uh, is that the right way to pronounce the last name, Henrique? Oh yeah, Henriquez. Well, yeah. Henriquez. As okay, Henriquez. Uh, I met Richard or Ricky, as some call you. The cool kids call you Ricky uh, yes, in LA, yes, yes. and you know we've been friends for a while. Uh, and back and forth in a lot of different things. But, you know, Ricky's been at some of the cooler and very different brands than some of the other people that are in the usual investment banking, consulting, accounting world. You know, Ricky's been at Boeing, then at NASA JPL, you know, then at Deloitte, then at a startup called Autogravity, and now at Internet Brands. So, you know, a lot of really tier one companies in the engineering world, in the automotive world, or, you know, startup world, um, so it's a, it's a different background, but it's definitely something that's uh, I'm sure a lot of people you know uh, is num- is one of the number one brands on their on their list. So with that, man, I want to welcome you to the podcast. I think you know, un- unleashing your story. I remember Matri, who's a mutual friend of ours, also speaks highly of you, obviously, and uh, and uh, you know, so I wanted to get you on this uh, for a while. So welcome.
1: Cool, no, I appreciate the intro, and uh, super excited to be here, man. Awesome. Dude, let's, uh,
0: let's, you know, I don't know much about your story other than some of the stuff you've told me. So I, I this is also a learning for me. I want to dig, you know, back into the early days, right? Are you, are you from, you know, LA? Is that, is that home?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I guess before going into like education career. Yeah. So I was born and raised in LA. Um, parents kind of immigrated here, but I grew up here my whole life. Um,
0: where, where parents? Uh, are
1: my, mo- my mom's from uh, Colombia. So South America. And then my dad's okay. from Portugal. And okay. so they, they met South America. Big, 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 big Ronaldo area. fan. Huge Ronaldo fan. I was about to wear my Portugal jersey just to to rep a little. Dude, I got uh, – I, I know got, you're I got, a fan.
0: I, I'm a big Ronaldo <laughs> fan, you know, p- p- partly because he's a good-looking guy, you know, can't complain, but also one of the best – probably the best player in my opinion. So I'm, I'm, hey, you I'm know, I have fan. a bias there, but, you know, I, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> good. So who who do you support on the football side?
1: Um, you know what? I'm not going to lie. Um, ever since I was little, I, I think I've always leaned on the Portuguese side. Okay. Um, Colombia is like a close second. Yeah. um but you know i'm a big fan of both grew up okay. playing soccer so yeah. i follow it pretty closely yeah
0: good dude so parents immigrated from some of the different places from south america i guess mostly they met there then you yep. guys moved to la and you were born in la then
1: yeah luckily i'm, I'm glad they picked here instead of you know nebraska okay. here stories i'm like how did you guys end up you know in nebraska <laughs> i'm not I'm nothing against nebraska for anyone from there but just you know i'm glad they came up to like a you know really cool diverse city yeah um, so very very fortunate I feel feel privileged to kind of be raised out here happy to still be here
0: good man and uh go, so LA uh, you know I've lived there for just uh just under two years unfortunately and when I was in LA I was a broke student so I still haven't lived lived in LA so I'm, yeah. I'm hoping one day you know to finally move back so how was uh so you went to high school there and then you know walk me through kind of you know family background in terms of like business and stuff like you know what what industry were parents in, or what, what were you most familiar with growing up? I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's, that's a good start. Um, so parents immigrated here, you know, uh, not much English. You know, very common story. Still mm-hmm. very little English. Yeah. Um, so they, a lot of times they got by kind of more entrepreneur route. Um, very scrappy. You know, when the international uh, cards for the telephone was really big, my dad got okay. super into yeah. that. Um So at a good time, you know, and then moved on to other things. So very like sales side, I would say. Um, in the more like Latin America uh, communities out here in LA. So they're able to do pretty well yeah. um, doing that, but nothing really kind of corporate or business related. Um, yeah. So just very entrepreneurial kind of what's working right now. And then, um, you know, they're able to do pretty well, you know, most of my, my growing up. So yeah, it
0: wasn't too bad. The telephone car thing you mentioned, dude, it's, it's such a memory of mine as well. When we immigrated from Pakistan to Canada, you know some of the family was still back in Pakistan and going and buying those telephone cards was a was a weekly (laughs) chore and they they would run out of money and you would have backups I'm so surprised you brought that up most people who are not immigrants would never understand this but like that was a big business
1: yeah no it was massive I mean it was like a bunch of cash I helped my dad you know count the cash out so you know he has his flyers but you know he made it work and so it it was really it was really it's a very nostalgic. But yeah, a lot of people, I mean, that doesn't really exist anymore. You got like WhatsApp
0: and you <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <So. laughs> WhatsApp and Wi-Fi. So you yeah. finished high school in LA and then you start thinking about, okay, what's next? So, how, yeah. you know, what were you interested in? What was the passion back then?
1: Yeah. So a high school for me, um, here Local, a little city called Montebello, a little bit more on the east side. Um, uh, I didn't have a good GPA. Um, yeah. I, I, I think I graduated like a two six kind of yeah. by the skin of my teeth. Uh once it came out to colleges, you know, took my SATs, whatnot. Um, my mentality in terms of like schools was wherever I get accepted, gonna go from there. Um yeah. my first pass, I didn't get accepted anywhere. Okay. And I went to the like college office. They helped me reapply to Cal State LA.
2: Okay. Um,
1: and then so after that reapplication, you know, I was very fortunate that the person out of the office did it for me. Um okay. <laughs> and it went through. I actually got accepted like on the second try. So nice, super glad to get an opportunity. So uh school choice was where I got in, um, it was kind of 15 minutes away from where I lived. Okay. Um, I guess major wise, um, I was kind of looking at like either like mechanical engineering and business. Um, okay. always, math was always something I liked. And uh, when I thought about it, I figured, you know, looking at my dad, I was like, oh, you know, in business, I feel like you can kind of accelerate a little bit faster if you're good at what you do. Yeah. Uh, engineering back then in my mind was like, oh, you know, even if you're good, it's a very kind of slower progress, you know, high start, slowly progressed so I figured I might have a better shot in business yeah um, so I kind of went there asked my math teacher what's the the toughest you know business part and um, he mentioned finance and so luckily yeah. Calcewe offered that program and that's kind of how that decision yeah. went
0: through and, how, and what do our opportunities look like so you know when you think about you know the world of finance this is a high finance or as they call in the in the douche world hit high, <laughs> uh, <you know>, <laughs> high finance So you know in that world you know you'll see Berkeley kids and Wharton kids and Harvard and Stanford kids and I was a non-target like yourself as well. You know, what are yeah. some of the opportunities, you know, your school and students are seeing when they're you know, not at a Berkeley, let's just say?
1: Yeah, no, I love this question. Um, yeah, so Cal State LA for those who aren't familiar with uh, the other schools, like smaller state school, you know, not bad, but definitely non-target for a lot of these schools. So. I mean, in terms of like recruitment and you know, what kind of extra opportunities you have out of that school on the business side, um, it's mostly known for like engineering and like computer science, Mm -hmm. but on the business side it's, it's pretty low. So the opportunities are a little bit more scarce Um, wouldn't really get recruited by any kind of investment bank, uh, any big four consultants. So it's really tough.
2: Um,
1: It's a lot smaller companies. Um, Sometimes, you know, some reps would come, but it's, it's a lot smaller. It's a little bit more scarce. Yeah. Um, it's a bit tough to kind of get like recruit for or yeah kind of sit those applications out
0: dude we, i was interviewing uh on the on the podcast jing jing who's a you know friend of uh leaders and stuff she also you know started her kind of career or her i guess early life was in alabama and uh you know she was like you know most people you know you don't get any opportunities you got to go through community college or something like that and then move to College, but like you know, if you're in Alabama, you're kind of stuck with what you know working for the football team. That's pretty much you know, <laughs> that's pretty much it. So yeah. Um, so okay, so you start there and, and you know you're taking finance now. Uh so how, so walk me through a little bit about like internships and how you slowly started paving your way.
1: Yeah, definitely. So um for me, you know, I kind of went in there. Um obviously I, I came from like a pretty poor GPA in high school. So I learned that lesson. I was like, hey, college coming around. This is my opportunity to have a clean slate, so I gotta take it really mm-hmm. serious. So kind of kicked that up into high gear, took academics really serious. Um, and then I started getting involved in like on-campus organizations. Yeah. And then that's kind of how I started getting exposed to like the professional world, the the accounting world. So in the business school for, for Cal State LA, accounting yeah. is kind of like at the top, largest population, large amount of students, yeah. very strong organization and uh, kind of resources um, versus like the finance schools are pretty small. So I started getting involved with what I could. I started learning about what the big four was like Deloitte, EY. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, this is cool. Not what I'm interested in, but I'll learn about it. Um, and so kind of just getting myself out there, getting exposed, kind of my second year, okay. um, got in touch with like the um, on-campus career services
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: through one of the clubs. I met a guy that got an internship at Boeing. Me growing up, I was like, Boeing's massive, yeah. super cool, really into it. And I was like, oh man, this guy got an internship, like I could definitely do. So yeah, <laughs> asked him how, how he did it, um, kind of went through, and that one was actually through the school's funnel,
2: okay. um,
1: where one of the alums who had done very well kind of did what she could to give back to Cal State LA. Nice. Um, it was more of like an educational thing. So yeah. you have to be enrolled out as a student. So it was a very introductory level internship, but I mean, it was a really big opportunity to yeah. kind of start getting uh, some experience. Dude,
0: that's a great point you make. I, one of the things that I teach in my course um, is, you know, there's always someone who has made it in your network, right? Like, you know, no for matter sure. which network you're part of, you could be going to some local school in Pakistan or India for, for, <laughs> you know, for what, it, what, what it's worth but there's always someone that has made it or a few people that have made it and it's up to you to find that person, right? Yeah. Um, how I got most of my jobs was, as you know, was through networking and reaching out to alumni from my school and being like, yo, help me out, help a brother out, right? So, so yeah. that's exactly the same thing. So Boeing, dude, obviously top tier firm. You know, it's, it's a, it's a legend, legendary firm in the aerospace world. I was, I'm a Boeing guy always. I'm not an Airbus guy personally. Yeah. I know every Boeing plane. So I'm an I'm aviation nerd a little bit. And we just had Wen Chin on the podcast uh, yesterday, actually. And Wen Wenchin is a, another leader's kid from Singapore. And uh, he's now, uh, he's a banker, but now he's converted uh, to being a Singapore Airlines uh, pilot. So, so he's now, you know, he's just finishing his training in Australia and soon he'll be you know, flying the big boys. So I'm pretty excited. It's a pretty different career path, but you know, that's his passion. So, yeah, so, tell me, yeah, so tell me about Boeing. What is, the, what is the recruiting experience like at a Boeing?
1: Yeah, so mine was a little bit unique, um, especially since it was more of like an academic internship. It was Mm -hmm. through a completely different funnel. Interview process was very scaled down. It was kind of your first pass was at the school. Um, So I kind of did my interview passes there. It was also at the tail end of the process. So I actually actually backfilled someone's position that dropped out. Um, So it was a little bit different than the traditional path, but it was basically two rounds at school. Um, One with the kind of alum that helped out and then one with like the manager that you'd be working with. Gotcha. So I guess total four interviews, um, to Boeing, two at the academic level. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I was a sophomore at the time, so it was it was kind of very you know, easy in that yeah, yeah, perspective. Yeah.
0: And and what is obviously like They're they're hiring someone with good personality and stuff because they'll teach you the job at the job.
1: What is what was what was the role? What
0: were you? What group were you joining? Yep. Yeah. So it
1: was kind of um like one of the like business admin support for like their um, testing evaluation. So this was in Long Beach where they did the C-17 program. So it was on the defense side. Okay. Um, there was a massive round of layoffs. So it was like a lot of consolidation, really weird time to be there. Yeah. Um, a lot of people looked at me really weird. They're like, you know, why are we hiring interns? I was like, I'm unpaid, you know, it's cool. <laughs> um, so, so, it was, so it was interesting. So I got to kind of maneuver and, uh, you know, I, I really started to value like job security in that. Yeah. Cause I, I met people that, you know, started their career on C-17, ended their career study C-17. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it was, it was really weird. But it was a lot of, um you know, really basic Excel, like consolidating things, like some data entry. Yeah. Um, definitely nothing too fancy. Uh, pretty entry, like a lot of admin work to be. Got it. it.
0: C-17, is that the Globemaster? Is that the right term
1: for it? Uh, I believe so, yeah. So okay. It's a huge cargo. You put like three tanks in there. Yeah,
0: do yeah, say? dude, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how the U.S. military moves. Um, uh, so, you know, for me, uh, you know, when we were, my dad was in the army back in the day, so we remember there was uh, a plane called the C C-130, right? That's, a, I, think, I think, a smaller version of the C-17 maybe or something like that. Um, but working at Boeing, first of all, I think you, I think you have to be a U.S. citizen. Is that right? Especially if you're on the defense project, I'm sure. Oh,
1: that's a good question.
0: Um, I'm not too sure if it's a hard requirement.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not too SpaceX, sure. I, I mean, it depends where yeah. you're at. Because SpaceX, I know you have to be a U.S. citizen. Uh, I remember even, for example, when I was at Houlihan, um, there was a team called the Aerospace and Defense Vertical. And yep. me being a Canadian, I couldn't work on the Aerospace and Defense projects. Uh, you know, even even Canadians aren't cool. Maybe it was because I was Muslim. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But like you know, the, the, so there's always like interesting. Because my cousin, he's he used to work for uh, like automotive startups in, in the the area, and he wanted to work at Tesla. You know, want to work at SpaceX, but they couldn't you know hire him because he's Canadian as well. So, anyways, those who are listening, if you're if you're trying to get into the aerospace and defense world in the U.S., it's a little bit harder being non-American um, just to, to get in. So you've, yeah. you work at Boeing, amazing experience, had a good time. Uh, then you are back in junior year.
1: Yeah, back in junior year. And then I guess the other thing, uh, diving into like the college experience, getting yeah. involved, I'm a big advocate of that is um, since there wasn't a lot of finance, there wasn't a finance club on campus, really strong in accounting. Um, I kind of started uh, like it was a finance club, but our school didn't have a chapter. So I took that opportunity, kind of helped co-found one there. Okay. Um, so that was a really big thing that led to kind of like, my success in recruiting and, yeah. and stuff like that. So just to throw out there. Um, so my junior year, um, you know, I'd start, you know, going to other clubs, stealing their speakers for our club. Yeah. Um, kind of doing that whole thing, kind of grinding out there, growing a club from like three, three people to, you know, a lot more. Yeah. Um, and so I guess my next internship opportunity was um, at JPL. And it, mm-hmm. it was through um, one of the, the members of the club. He was interning at JPL and okay. brought in his manager. And then, um, so I was kind of, you know, one man show, two man show at the club. Yeah. I was one like emailing him, inviting him, walking in him up to the room, walking him back to the car. And, um, you know, I just kind of hit it off. He saw what we were doing at the club and then, um, you know, started asking me what my GPA was, what yeah. I'm interested in. And kind of long story short, that's kind of how I got my foot in the door with JPL. Yeah. yeah, so like a day later, he's like, hey, um, you know, send me over your resume. Uh, you know, scheduling an interview, and I was like, holy smacks, you know, yeah, this yeah. is really cool, and so that, that's kind of how I got my foot into to JPL. Yeah, and
0: that's that's NASA JPL, so another Correct. dream avenue for, you know, not just NASA, <laughs> but NASA JPL, like Jet Propulsion Laboratory, so, yeah. I, so I, I, you know, one of the things that I just want to highlight because you mentioned it, you know, not having opportunities in terms of, like, the, the club that you wanted to be part of or hopefully want to be part of didn't exist on campus, but that didn't stop you. You're like, you know what? I'm going to build it by myself. I'm gonna, And then, and then, you know, stealing all these, I guess, speakers and whatnot. I think that's the perfect place. I think a lot of times students are like, Hey, uh, I can get a job but there's no job that exists. What am I going to do? And my answer to them is create a job, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, build it. So dude, that's amazing. And I think like that gave you all this opportunity to network with people uh, and yeah. get in front of people. So was this, a, was this the same time you uh, attended my workshop around this time or was that
1: yeah, so so I, I I attended your workshop um a little bit before that when I okay. was uh, after Boeing so it was after Boeing before JPL okay. was when I kind of uh luckily found out about your workshop uh attended it even though you know we're like the the six people from Cal State la that we're going out there so it was, it was we really we, cool we got work.
0: we got a shout out we we did a little shout yeah. out for everybody <laughs> it's <is> great <laughs> yeah yeah
1: so it's cool we that we showed up and I mean that was like uh you know super impactful I mean um to talk about, like, coming from a non-target and the type of careers. I mean, yeah. that was the first time I really heard about investment banking. Oh, so okay. it was, like, you know, end of my sophomore year, I never really knew what investment banking was, what it was about, consulting. I knew about the big four. Um, but, you know, not too many people from my school got there. A few, like a handful, okay. but in the accounting side, not really consulting, you know. So yeah. it, was, it was a big eye-opener that there's, like, this whole other world of, like, high-level, like, business careers. Um, um, so it was, it was a game changer for me in terms of like mindset goals. And yeah. It was, it was super impactful. Yeah.
0: So you were, you were taking, uh, so you took this workshop you, you know, did a bunch of stuff at school, but JPL was still not in finance, right? The work you were doing there. Yeah,
1: Obviously. it was, I would say like, like corporate finance, a lot more like accounting based. So okay. kind of, um, kind of the budgets, um, you know, revenue, expenses, reporting.
0: Yeah. See, that's an interesting thing. A lot of people, you know, when you hear term or companies like NASA you hear companies like you know Boeing or even hear companies like Google people have this mindset that you know all they do is engineering but like you know these are massive machines of a company like they have every sort of division from back office research to marketing to consulting to strategy to business and then obviously they have engineering but like people forget that you know there is a spot for you if you're a a pure hardcore accountant let's just say Yes, there's yeah. someone at NASA who does accounting, and there's a massive Actually. division, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So so you should, like, you know, a lot of people that leave, like, banking, consulting, accounting, they're like, oh, I don't want to apply to Google because I'm not an engineer. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, there's a million people at Google that are not engineers, right? There's more oh, salespeople. Yeah. Um, so, dude, so, so JPL was a fun experience, and then that was your uh, summer internship for junior year.
1: Yeah, it was, um, it was actually like a year round internship. So I I think I probably started in like the March, April timeframe before my junior year ended and I worked there through the summer and into the following year.
0: While Um, taking courses. While taking courses, I, yeah. So full road,
1: keeping the club alive, you know, barely, and then
0: and then then working. Yeah. So it's juggling the three. Yeah. Oh man. That's That's why, why did you decide to continue on with the projects at JPL?
1: um i mean so that one was a was a paid internship at the time and you know for me i was like oh this is massive I can you know be a little bit more independent you know go out a little bit more Um, and it was just just work experience and so and and it was um that program or the way that they it was it was an academic part-time so it was meant to be uh kind of one of the core team members like i mean if i was out someone else had to do my job like a week day to day so it was uh i was part of the team it was a really good experience and man. now you're
0: the now you're the now you're the boeing nasa jpl guy on campus they're like hey who's yeah. that guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude yeah, my uh, it was, it was cool. my my best friend when he uh, you know he was uh, at um, rbc in in toronto he actually got a job in new york uh, for his uh, third year or something like that for the summer but then they said hey you know we're happy to keep it going if you want to take classes while you work at at, uh, at rbc over the over the year and you did the same thing. It's like, if someone does get the opportunity like that, I would highly recommend it because not only do you make good money, but like you get <laughs> such a leg up when you graduate because you already have a bunch of, you know, experience underneath, under your belt.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a big difference doing a 10 week internship to working somewhere for like, you know, a little over 12 months. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was, it was interesting. I think the only thing that I guess someone could argue that would be a little bit better is if you could do a off cycle internship somewhere else. I think that's yeah. also super valuable, but I guess it just depends what you have access to. I, yeah. At the time, I was like, I don't think I could do a lot better than this, so I'm gonna stick with this as long as I can.
0: (laughs) No, dude, that's awesome, man. Uh, Waterloo, which is a university in Canada, has a pretty good uh, program. What they do is they do four months on, four months off, starting freshman year. So basically, starting freshman year, you do four months of school, and then you do four months of, uh, uh, you know, uh, an internship. Then you do four months of school, and it just keeps on going. Uh, Now, I don't know if they have a summer because I think the way it works is like the summer overlaps with the internship, something like that, or some, something along those lines. But basically is like, by the time you graduate, you have like double or triple the amount of experience that anybody else has. And, and if you are and you, if you're early on and you focus on one kind of field that, like, Hey, I want to be a CS major, or I want to be in startups. By the time you come out, you've tried like five or six different startups. You're like, dude, I know exactly what I want. <laughs> so if I, you know, had to rewind time and, and, you know, do that, I would, I would definitely do that. Um, uh, but anyway, so you finish at uh, JPL and now you're, you know, senior year of college. Tell me about that. Like, you know, uh, how are things lined up and what year is this now?
1: So this is year uh, 2015, 2016. Okay. Um, so I've been working at JPL for a little while, feel comfortable with the job, um, have been exposed to investment banking consulting yeah. and other routes um, after attending your workshop, you know, um, having access to a little bit more of like a professionally rich network you know through the through the leaders and all that so I started learning a ton about different career paths and started really like evaluating where I wanted to go
2: yeah um
1: you know coming from a like traditionally non-target school um having options was a a thing that I valued a ton Mm -hmm. um so when it came to kind of recruiting and trying to you know make my own door into these big um you know industries and these big companies that's a since there wasn't a lot of you know fundals going directly to the school you have to and i remember this from your workshop you have to like create your own door um so i try to figure out opportunities to kind of create that door um yeah. and so basically the way one way there is um an organization called alpha okay l a l p f a it's okay. basically uh kind of like uh, professionals in the hispanic in finance and accounting yeah. and in the hispanic community um and they had a huge conference every year um that in like different locations and then, so I kind of took opportunity there. I knew that they had like onsite interviews, huge companies. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is massive. I knew about it the year before. Um, I didn't go. Cause I was like, I don't think I'm ready yet. Um, now my senior year come, I was like, I need to, you know, recruit for full time. Yeah. Um, and so obviously, you know, it was in New York. I, you know, was making some money, not a lot. So I yeah. like borrowed money from my friend's brother. Wow. Um, and I kind of signed up. I, we had that club on campus. I was very close with them. Um, kind of asked them to like, if I could crash with them basically, since they got some yeah. funding. So I kind of you know scrapped around um, and then applied everywhere. So nice. I applied to all the banks, um, applied to all the big four. I ended up landing interviews with like uh, Deloitte, Bank of America, Chase, uh, yeah. not for the investment banking sections, but on the other side. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, kind of-
0: But still the step in the right direction and
1: like <clears throat> getting closer to what you wanted. Yeah, the, the big brands, kind of the big opportunities. And so over there, you know, it's a smaller pool of talent. And so you're yeah. able to kind of stand out a little bit more, like kind of small fish. Wait, big fish pool. yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's kind of how i was able to to get access to an interview was through yeah. that convention um and then i i did kind of a few rounds of interviews there uh was able to pass through those come back to la and interview there so that's kind of how i got my friend the door to deloitte um on the bank side i didn't presume too much afterwards
0: yeah. so i know dude i think that's that's amazing and i think there's a lot of good lessons to learn that one is like you know, some of these cultural groups that exist, like, you know, there's Chinese Student Association, Indian yep. this, whatever, there's a bunch of these. I think people should, you know, people don't think of them as professional organizations because they're like, oh, it's like a bunch of cultural things and you'll learn how to dance in, in a Bollywood style. <laughs> but the truth is, you know, they, they're much more than that. And, and, and you, know, the, you know, one of the things is like, you know, communities move, you know, together in, in this mass way. And then people who are like yourself are more willing to help you than people who are not like yourself. It's just how tribes work. So people should, you know, as long as you know, they, those exist, they should definitely join them. And ultimately at the end of the day, you're meeting new people, right? What's the worst thing that can yeah. happen, right? So, yeah. so that gave you access. The second thing is the hustle part I love, like, you know, like borrowing money and taking, you know, putting everything on the line and saying like, hey, I'm gonna go to New York and, and hustle and just kind of find this. I think being yeah. in, in avenues where opportunity exists and changing the avenue uh, to increase your chances is super critical. My, I couldn't get a job in LA and I tried so hard and the only way I got it was I went to Tro- back to Toronto for a week to sneak into the business school <laughs> and yeah. drop my resume. And so I think like, you yeah, people just need to take those kind of challenges. because These industries are just too competitive. It's just too hard 100%. to get in if you're not coming from Harvard and your dad's name is not Goldman Sachs, you know, so it's just harder, <laughs> harder yeah. that way. Yeah. Um, I think the, the one
1: thing I was just going to add on the, uh, the yeah. like, diversity groups too is like for anybody who, you know, obviously is, is, um, you know, diverse, uh, but even if you're not part of that group, like, I mean, you're still considered like an ally and you can be supportive or just learn it as an opportunity. So, I mean, I'd, I'll definitely encourage people to just get involved in what they can or what they have time yeah. for um, and just get yourself out there. I mean, the more you learn, the more people you talk to, it's it's just going to help out once it comes to like your opportunity to bat at an interview or at a networking session, you're going to be a little bit more polished and know what you want, why you want it. You just yeah, come yeah. off a lot better. So I, definitely I'm, dude I'm getting,
0: getting more at bats is key. Um, so you, you know, you, you, you crush it, you get a job at one of the top consulting firms, top consulting and accounting firm, I guess, Deloitte, right? Yep. So this was New York
1: um yeah i interviewed in new york but i i took the position in, in la so i was in downtown
0: you're like you're not leaving la you're like dude this is, uh, this, no. is this is forever
1: <laughs> yeah yeah. i think i said it in my interview they're like oh what location i was like la they're like secondary i was like new york and i walked out
0: in like, <laughs> you're like santa oh, monica regret. secondary
1: yeah yeah i was like full oh, regret i was like why did i say that i was like nice <laughs> to visit not nice to live yeah
0: yeah i'm also i'm also not a new york type i mean I, I always wanted to be a new york type like when i was growing yeah. up in toronto but like weirdly, every time I applied for a job, and even if I applied to jobs in New York, they ended up keeping me on the West Coast or Hong Kong. <laughs> so yeah, but I'm happy, awesome. like you know, <laughs> I, I definitely want to live in LA at some point. So I'll definitely bug you on that one when, when when the time That's is right. Sure. So you started Deloitte, you started in Deloitte, LA. Uh and this was on which team?
1: Yeah, this is a big part too. So I was um so I got in their advisory practice. Okay. So they have like the accounting like under Deloitte and Tush, like the financial audit. Then they have advisory and like consulting are like the three big arms. Okay. Um, and so mine was advisory and the title was kind of like advisory consultant. I was like, that sounds good enough to me. Yeah <laughs> I to get my foot in the door yeah. uh, And then you know after like I was in the process, I started doing research in during the interview process um, and it, I mean, the easiest way to describe it to people who aren't familiar is it's, it's kind of really the middle ground between audit and consulting. And there's a gotcha. huge umbrella of certain, certain services, but at a high level, it's kind of between um, consulting and audit, but yeah. I, I landed in an area that's a lot more audit focused. So it was like the IT risk okay. so around like SOX, um, anything that's like financially significant to the financial reporting. Um, so it was, it was very close to like an IT audit role. Okay. So it's and I, I did, IT
0: audit role, uh, role is like making sure the company's like, you know, platforms and their systems are compliant to whatever industry they're in is that is that the right think? yeah
1: yeah so like the, the one thing you hear a lot are like controls so just kind of controls around their like um their i.t systems like provisioning uh you know admin access where's where data
0: save you know how do they yeah. firewall things all correct. that
1: stuff. correct and then you kind of see what <clears throat> procedures they have take samples test against it kind of document so it's a lot of uh learning that stuff learning it at a high level which you know, I, I wasn't really studying for that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'll I'll figure it out. So there's a learning curve there. But it was that was basically the job. Got it. Um so doing helping on financial audits from the IT perspective and have a huge respect for people on the financial audit side because yeah. that stuff does not seem easy at all and they work no. extremely hard. Yeah. <laughs> no, dude they for sure. Hard, man.
0: And it's also not just hard work, it's also like uh detailed work where yeah. you need like it's detailed, boring work that you have to be of the right personality to do that. You oh, know, 100%. I mean,
1: yeah, I think, uh, I don't want to say a number, but a small percentage of them,
0: you know, actually enjoy it, man. I think is,
1: that's not easy. Though. Dude, I have a buddy of mine here that's in Toronto.
0: All. He manages a business here. He's like the COO of something where they have like 12 or 13 different properties, which is like, a, it's like an umbrella kind of company. And they have a bunch of properties underneath it. Dude, their cap structure is the most like, you know, crap. Like jumbled puzzle piece in the world. Like there's things that are happening everywhere, and he's his job is to make sure all of this cash flows into the system the right way. And I'm like, so I'm like, dude, can, why don't you just come join me? I'll make your life easy. I'll pay you the same. But like, he's like, no. But I just love this. This is my job. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, I I respect that. I mean. I- <laughs> I don't, I'm definitely not one of them, but I respect yeah. people who are. I mean, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, exactly. not, not, yeah, it's tough. So
0: how, how different was, uh, you know, working in a, in a purely business environment like Deloitte compared to the more engineering, you know, core yeah. DNA you know, firms like NASA, JPL and, uh, and Boeing?
1: Yeah, it was, it was a different, it was a different feel for sure. I mean, JPL, you know, you could go with the, you know, uh, blue jeans and a shirt, real cool, real casual. Yeah. Then I got used to wearing like business casual and I was like, oh wow, this is a change. I felt yeah. a little bit more adult. Yeah. <laughs> um, the environment, you know, are, they're both very professional. Uh, Deloitte was definitely different because you had, like, um, you know, J.P. A, and, and Boeing have, like, a high pedigree of talent. Um, and a lot of it's, like, on the, like, engineering side. But, yeah. you know, it's around a completely different environment in terms of the people that were there. So it was really cool to be around, like, super competitive, really mm-hmm. sharp, really sharp people on the business side. So it was, it was a cool change of pace. Um, it did feel a little bit different. I did get kind of a little bit of, like, a, a culture shock around um, – a lot of my peers i was like you know people talking about their like vacations here and there and like i was like man i am in a different place (laughs) um but there was a lot of cool people i I had a really positive experience at deloitte i I was really lucky that i got on on you know interesting enough projects but more than that like i had really cool team members that i was really close with um still talk to regularly today so i I feel like i had a really good um environment and a really good experience so that was kind of the biggest thing that stuck out for me
0: That's awesome, man. So Ricky, like outside of like, you know, let's take a pause here, a little break here in terms of like career path. I and mean, you've gone through school and you've gone through some, you know, cool brands. You kind of found your calling with like a, one of the top tier firms in business and accounting slash consulting. Let's just say, what, you know, what are you doing outside of work now, given that you are a professional now?
1: Yeah. So I think once you go to like full time, you know, things change a little bit, especially at some of these firms, you know, you hear all the horror stories. I know you've been there start working a lot longer hours than normal like jpl clocking in you know under 40 sometimes um (laughs) to to deloitte you know it gets busy you start working a lot more so for me i was just really focused on career um there's a bit of a learning curve just like anything uh when you start something new especially it that i wasn't very strong in at the time Mm -hmm. um so i was super focused on work and career to be honest for probably like the first like six months to a year so hyper focused on work you know putting in the extra hours like studying yeah. Um, and then the, I guess the thing that kept me sane or like a hobby there is like start picking up like rock climbing.
2: Okay. Um,
1: so I was pretty big into that, like early, like my early Deloitte year. So that was kind of the one okay. thing I'd do. Uh, a lot of my close friends were into it. So I had yeah. time to like connect with them, get a little bit of exercise, you know, grab some drinks afterward,
0: uh, yeah, yeah, stay yeah. sane,
1: basically. Yeah. That, yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> that was the lifestyle right
0: there. Nice. Nice. Um, okay. So Deloitte, uh, Deloitte's doing well. You're happy there. How much time have you spent at Deloitte then?
1: Um, I spent a year and eleven months, so right okay. under two. Yeah.
0: yeah. Weirdly, weirdly, a lot of my uh, opportunities have always been just under two. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's just a sweet spot. Yeah, I can't do till 24 months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that the the exact years has been has been tough to, to hit. Yeah. yeah. So, so you finished Deloitte. But actually, while you're finishing up with Deloitte, I guess, how does the mindset change about what's next, and what does it what does it look like? Because I know in banking consulting, what I've known is like it's up and out usually. Is that the same yep. vibe in, in in companies like Deloitte as well?
1: Um, yeah, I think it's very similar where people kind of go in, they see it as a two years and out, you know, do your like, you know, in banking, your analyst years, then you yeah. move over, like try to recruit for PE or something. I think it's a little bit different in consulting and I wasn't like in their consulting arm, so I won't speak too much about that. Yeah. Um, but for me, I mean, I think what I saw is uh, I always... I got advice once of like, when you're looking at career path, obviously you want to think long-term. One of the best things you can do is kind of look upwards on like people above you who are senior, you know, your managers kind of see their lifestyle, what they're doing. And if that's something that you want, you know, you can see yourself doing. So everywhere I was at, I'd always try to do that. And and at Deloitte, I was like, you know, I think my lifespan here is probably like from two to four years. I was like, I think I'll be a really good, like, you know, analyst, pretty good associate. I was like at the manager level, I was like, I don't know if I'm there yet. Um, Or if I'll really enjoy that lifestyle. Um, So I kind of started thinking about, hey, um, you know, what's next? Um, I know you talked a lot about like pigeonholing on here. Yeah. yeah. Um, What I started seeing in the IT, you know, audit section was um, the longer you stayed in there, it was a bit harder to transition into other career paths. Okay. Um, And then also from from my opinion was like your opportunity cost of switching becomes like a lot more expensive. You know, you're you're in a little little bit more senior place start making more money if you switch to a totally different career path
2: yeah
1: um you know you kind of start a little bit earlier on at a more junior level so um at that point like about a year and a half in, i was like okay i gotta start looking at other things because yeah. i don't want to risk staying too long yeah. um and that's when i started like exploring other opportunities how,
0: how much was it uh like a uh, plateauing in terms of learning as well and doing the same job on a daily basis and kind of like man i'm kind of bored i gotta try something different
1: yeah I, i'd probably say um to kind of you know Figure out what you're doing, and you're not kind of like the newbie on the team. It'd probably take like a year or two. yeah, um, and then probably year two through four, you're doing very similar things. You have a lot of responsibility early on, which I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um so years two through four are really similar before you hit like the manager level year five, year six. okay um, and then you're really like project managing resources, you know costs, budgeting of like the different projects and engagements. So yeah, two year to four is a little bit plateau until the next level.
0: It's still very
1: structured like banking and and consulting. It's, you know, exactly what year you're on track, where you'll be, how much you'll make, what exit opportunities you got. So, in in that sense, it was very similar.
0: Got it. Got it. Cool, man. So, you decided to go uh, take another stab at uh, startups, uh, but like smaller versions of technology companies. So, so how did did you think about that? And how did that opportunity even come about? And tell us about the name of the company and all that.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I guess I'll tell you how I ended up deciding to go that path yeah. and then how I got it. But um, so I, I knew I liked elements of like the little like IT audit consulting world. I was always really interested in consulting, like after the workshop and kind of learning from you and, and other people, I was like, you know, consulting yeah. seems kind of my speed. Um, and the opportunities after consulting are are really like interesting to me. Um, so even when I was at Deloitte, I was trying to interview for like strategy consulting roles. Yeah, also, yeah, yeah. I just figured that, that experience will set me up for like a more diverse, um, opportunities. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of, you know, studying cases, you know, uh, I forgot the book, the name of the book. It's like the uh, Bible. Break, of- breaking the case. Breaking the case. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I started reading that. Um, and so I had a, I had a buddy that was like a year, uh, younger than me in college and super into consulting yeah. went to Chapman, really sharp guy knew a lot about consulting. i yeah. talked to him a lot about career stuff. Um, he got, through his kind of school and his network he got an opportunity at the startup that i ended up working at called auto Ravity. okay In their like strategy like their internal strategy team and then after a few months he started learning about product product management and he got the opportunity to transition and do it there okay um and so i kind of learned about product management through him and i was like wow that sounds really interesting started doing research watching videos yeah yeah yeah. um and i was like wow this is exactly what i want and still very like creative, like analytical thinking, working with the team, you know, solving complex problems. And then the one piece that I was really missing at Deloitte was like the creative part of it. Like the design portion, I, the problems started becoming a little bit uh, redundant, yeah. especially on the audit side. So i was like oh you know i want something a little bit different um and so it, it, they had those key elements that i was looking for in a job
0: yeah. so um, product management is is you know has become you know in the last like four or five years the spot the you know hot, uh, hot. like when how like uh banking used to be hot in 08 and 07 yeah. or something <laughs> like that i think the you know this this whole wave of folks i feel like i'm teaching the wrong things i'm teaching people to get the wrong parts <laughs> but like I should start a new course on how to break into product management, but maybe you should go. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's, no, it's, it's the new I'll sexy wait. thing. And, and it's, you know, I think we talked about this, you know, a few, few weeks ago or something where it's like being a mini CEO of a, of a, com- a product, right, in a, in a big company. Yeah, um, so, yeah for sure. So, so t- tell me about like, you know, the, uh, you know, so you, you kind of had your mindset on consulting slash strategy, some creative stuff, so owning a product, and it all kind of comes down to like product management sounds like a great place to be, right? Yep how does one go about you know going from deloitte to like let's let's you know tap this new market this new avenue
1: yeah so so for me um you know on the raw the real story like so i ended up catching up with that buddy um who was entering at the startup uh, autogravity i talked a little bit about what they do and, and what i did there um but i was just catching up with them just like casual coffee you know on a, on a saturday and stuff um and then he's like oh yeah like i'm i'm moving next week and i was like yeah. yo what like this is so yeah, random yeah. Um, he's like yeah uh, I'm gonna move out of state etc um, and I was like hey like you know let me take your job because he was gonna go into full-time and I yeah. was like joking but not really joking uh, he's like yeah he's like I think you'd love it I think you'd do good and he's like yeah let me connect you and then you know that Monday he uh, you know talks to his boss yeah. Tuesday I'm taking like an office tour meeting the boss talking yeah. to sales etc and then uh, like by Thursday, I was like on-site interview. <laughs> love it. Uh, So I was just like hyper, like real quick. I, you know, I was already recruiting. So I was kind of in that mindset, you know, watched a ton of product management interviews. Um, they gave me a shot. Um, it was, it was an interesting round of interviews. Like the soft skill stuff was soft skill stuff. You know, you usually interview with some of like the more technical folks, like the engineering okay. managers. Yeah. Those interviews, I mean, I got absolutely wrecked, yeah. um, destroyed, but I was just very honest about what I knew, what I didn't know. Um, and I think they appreciated that and like the willingness to learn. Yeah. So yeah, they basically took a bet on me. I got like a junior, you know, product role, like an associate product manager role. Yeah. Um, and it was a, it was a good mix of, um, kind of like client facing and product work. So yeah. it was a really good fit for my background. Yeah. Um, and I guess to back up into auto Gravity, what it is, it, it's a smaller company, um, kind of funded by like, um, Daimler, which is Mercedes-Benz parent company. Yep. So it was a very well-funded startup, uh, in Irvine, Orange County, California. Um, and basically it was kind of like a multi lender platform. So like, uh, what they're trying to do is connect dealers, Mm -hmm. car dealerships, the consumer and then banks. And so basically the idea is, you know, you go to a dealership, you want to go there, you want to apply for financing, get good offers. Um, instead of them having the power, it's kind of the power of your, of your phone. you go, Hey, I got approved by these five banks. Here are the different terms, the different APRs you get to kind of pick and choose and be like, Hey, you know, I'm ready for financing. We don't have to go back and forth negotiating for like two hours up and out. So I was like, Oh, this is really cool. I think yeah, it yeah. has potential. Um, you know, I'm, I'm about it and I, I hopped on.
0: Yeah. That's nice, man. That's awesome. So just taking a little bit, step back on the APM interview, mm. you're know, coming from the business side. Obviously I feel like you have a high EQ, you understand how to work with teams, you know, all those soft skills really well. And the technical pieces are the parts that are a little bit harder and I'm sure they're not asking you about what programming language to use and you know, this, For and that. Sure. <laughs> but like, you know, what are some of the things that as a business person who's coming from a business field, that they should kind of think about in advance uh, to be prepared for some of those you know technical side of questions a question related to the technical you know, group in the in the team
1: yeah so for that for that apm interview it was um he was asking me very like specific questions like you know what does xml mean to you or like very like, small, oh, okay. like json like https and i was like i was like you know i i am not too sure yeah. um but i think in general after that especially like my second round of interviews in in a product role um, but also a bit more experience. I think what really helps is I compare a lot to consulting, to be honest, like strategy of yeah. like working on like high level like macro problems, mm-hmm. and then working your way back onto like the smaller piece. Um, and then in product management, when you're talking about features or new products, you you talk about hey, we want to build this, and then you start scoping out the work. You're you know you're the one cutting like tickets and handing them off to the devs and working on them to kind of scope out the specs. Um, yeah. So I think a lot of it is being very good at the high level thinking why you're working on stuff. Does it make sense from a business perspective? And then mm-hmm. getting detailed into the tech part of like, okay, how are we actually going to build this? Yeah. Um, what decisions do we need to make? What trade-offs, you know, how should it behave when you do X, Y, and Z? Yeah. Um, Got it. So.
0: And you, and you as an APM, when you start there, you're like hovering a PM uh, on a regular basis.
1: Um, yeah, since it was a startup, you know, just like a lot of startups are, it was like a hundred percent company, about like eight people on the product team. You kind of okay. like get thrown into the fire. Hey, you own this section of the app yeah. or you own this section. So, um, I had support from other product managers, but, um, so I got my handheld for about like a month or so mm-hmm. Then he ended up dipping to another company. And then I was just kind of the, the
0: person gotcha. so
1: Get kind of thrown into the fire, but yeah. you have support from, you know, other product and engineering
0: teams. So. Yeah. What product were you, uh, or what part of the product were you kind of focused on?
1: Yeah. So I wasn't too big on the like consumer facing side. Um, yeah. I was, we had like a little team called like business relationships. So, you know, since we had a lot of different lenders um, on our platform, like, you know, Chase, you know, U.S. Bank, different captive lenders, like, yeah. you know, Honda Financial Services. I was basically the middle between the tech side of integrating with them, what their requirements are, you know, from like branding, UX, yeah. um, and then like the business rules of, hey, if you have certain FICO, you know, certain things on your credit. So it was a lot of the back end work. Yeah. Um, so not too much front end. I did some front, end, um, some front end stuff towards the end, but a lot of back end work, but it was a really good opportunity to learn, you know, the back end, like software development, yeah. um, that like a microservice architecture. So okay. it was, it was really good opportunity to learn about microservices, what they were, uh, how data flows and then how you compare that with like a user experience, you know, step-by-step step what happens. And, yeah. um, that really helped me in like other interviews afterwards.
0: Cool, man. So how, how much time did you spend at uh, this place at Autogravity?
1: Yeah. So, uh, interesting timeline. Um, I was there for a total of 11 months. I, <laughs> I, didn't, <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't hit the 12th. Uh, yeah. so every 11 months I, I trip out if I want to switch a job, yeah. but, um, uh, I guess a quick digression. I, so four months in there was around of layoffs. Okay. So, you know, high risk startup. Yeah. Um, there's around a layoffs, 30% of the company. I mean, it was a hundred so It was about 30 people got laid off, but, um, you know, fortunately I was in a really unique group out of that 30, there was about four of us who, basically got pulled off to the side. Um, didn't get let go that day, but they're like, Hey, your position is being terminated. Um, this was November. Yeah. And so like, Hey, January 1st or on a date that we agree upon, uh, you know, we'll part ways, but you know, we kind of identified you as someone that we need to keep business as usual for a period of time. So okay. I had a little bit, I had, I had the, like some leeway on that. Um, so I worked there for a few months after helped work on a project that they needed me for yeah. from like client facing relationship perspective. Um, so I took advantage of that and started yeah. recruiting,
0: yeah, I mean? yeah. but yeah, I
1: ended up, I ended up stretching that out another like six, seven months. And then
0: how, yeah, how did yeah. you, you know, just to pause there a little bit, because it's kind of like timely with the, you know, like, you know, the economy oh, you know, yeah. shitting the bed right now, people are losing their jobs at, you know, all sorts of firms from big firms to small firms, you know, having gone through a similar experience, how did you kind of pull yourself out of it? Like, what was your kind of mindset when you first heard the news and then how did you kind of pick up the next day?
1: Yeah. So yeah, no, that's, that's a very good point to tie into to everything today. So um, I think I, I felt very kind of grateful. Um, I mean, there's like rumors going on. So mentally I was kind of like, oh, this might happen. Yeah. I was like, Hey, I signed up for this. You know, I was like, you know, it's good. I'm stick by this decision. But um, when it actually happened, I was a little bit grateful because I was part of that small subset that didn't get let go that day. I think that's yeah. a lot harder to kind of, you know, go through. Yeah. Um, so for me, I was just kind of like, okay, I still have income coming in. Um, I'm still looking at a little bit more of a time, but I mean, I think anytime you go through a layoff, it's really tough, especially like your first layoff. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think my, my mindset was just like, you know, gotta stay positive, give yourself time, reflect. Um, and I think I remember seeing a post on like LinkedIn about, um, someone who had also gotten laid off around a similar time and they're calling it like fun employment. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool and like a really positive way to look at it.
2: Cause,
1: um, I did have a really good experience while I was unemployed for about two months. Um, because you have a lot of time to really like reflect, figure out on your careers. Like, Hey, is this something I really want to pursue? Um, it gives you time to kind of really take a step back. But I mean, my biggest advice to people is like, Hey, you know, you were able to get that role for a reason. Like you have the chops to do it. You, you could do anything you want and put your mind to a type of deal. Yeah. Um, so just got to stay positive and and keep chugging. Um, and then, yeah, take advantage of the, like a little bit of a break, you know, fun employment could be cool. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Um, especially if like, you know, you're able to have the means to do it, you know, whether it's unemployment or like a severance package. Um, but if that take your time, you know, do a lot of reflection, think about, you know, what, you know, what you value, what you want to yeah. do. Later on.
0: Dude, I think, I think that's a great point. And first of all, like having that positive attitude is awesome. Uh, but like at the same time, you know, people need to realize that there's worse things that happen to people. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, and yeah. you have your health, you have your respect, you have your dignity, you know, you believe in yourself, all that <laughs> good stuff. You know, you're you're great. You're doing fine. You're in LA. Like you know, like you know, worst, worst case scenario, <laughs> you'll yeah. be out, out of work for three months, six months. And yes, it can be tough, and it will be tough. But like you know, you know, there's worse things in the world. That's number one. Number two is like, you know, it's it's important to kind of go through those kind of things to really you know find your core and build that yeah. you know battle wound and get that battle wound to you know get your thing to uh, skin to be a little bit thickened. right? People don't go through those kind of things. You know, I remember when I was in Menlo Park at Morgan Stanley. Uh, you know, our whenever like you know uh, layoffs happen, even the best of the best teams get laid. laid you know, parts of oh, them yeah. laid So we were like in our mindset as analysts in that group, we were like, oh, we're untouchables. Like, we're, <laughs> nothing's gonna happen to us. Yeah. But then you know, we had one of our VPs who got laid off, and we were so shocked because he was amazing. He was that good. And yeah. sometimes decisions come from so far up, you know, the food chain that. Yeah not gonna, you're not gonna be able to do it. You as an analyst, you're like, dude, I don't even matter. I don't even know if they know I exist here. <laughs> I'm surprised if they've yeah. noticed me. So I think, I think that's good that you, you picked yourself up and gave you that runway a little bit and you maneuvered through it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think to also I, I agree with you hundred percent and I, a lot of times layoffs aren't like performance based, especially right now with what's going on. I mean, there's a ton of companies where they're doing like massive layoffs, like a ton of people are being affected and it has nothing to do with your performance. Like it's just, you know, at the, it's a business decision at the end of the day. So I think disconnecting kind of, you know, yourself from the equation and uh, business, you know, is impacted, I think is important to kind of acknowledge. It's like, it's bad. like a,
0: it's like a breakup and you know, the earlier you have a few breakups in your life, the better <laughs> it is, you know, <laughs> yeah, a, little, a little tougher. So yeah, it was, it was
1: a good experience. I mean, I was grateful for it. Um, good. I think it was good to, to do that, you know, early young when I, you know, don't have a lot of crazy responsibilities. Yeah. Um, so I had a little bit more flexibility, but yeah, you know, it's something to take on the chin and, and kind of work towards the next thing.
0: Good dude. Um, so you turned it around and then you joined the, the umbrella company of all umbrella companies internet <laughs> brands. Literally, so many <laughs> brands, they just call them internet brands. Yeah, yeah. i would never heard about them until beforehand, and I was like, wow, this is... Insane. So, I've heard the name a lot, and then... Yeah. Um, uh, is it WebMD? Is that one of the brands?
1: Yeah, WebMD yeah. was one of the more recent, you know, larger acquisitions. Yeah. so That's I've how I explained the company. <laughs> I was like, yeah. they own WebMD, and they're like, oh, so, oh!
0: Okay, okay. yeah. <laughs> so, it's massive, and I, I don't even know, like, 30, 40 properties easily underneath, I feel like. Yeah, probably right? plus, yeah. Um. So... So talk to me about how you kind of you know got that role, and then what do you do there now?
1: Yeah, so um, you know, on uh, during fund employment, you know, my biggest goal. Uh, well, at first I reevaluated. I was like, hey, is like product something I'm interested in? You know, check that out. I was like, yeah, I really want to continue this, pursue this as a yeah. as a career. Um, so I, at that point, I had like 10, 11 months of like product experience from like yeah. an associate level. So not the strongest candidate on paper. So I was like, my biggest goal is land another product role and so kind of went everywhere started looking for any junior product roles um sometimes there's not as many on no. like smaller companies you know you know the facebooks the you know the fangs of the world they have like really 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 cool apm programs really yeah. prestigious but um starting for product roles uh my buddy recommended me to look at internet brands um huge companies. so they're kind of constantly hiring um saw a product manager role Was able to I I knew nobody there yeah um I, and I did with a lot of people that you know grind on the network see you know any ties I have with anybody that works there yeah. Saw Cal State LA County. counting I was like I don't care hey my name is Ricky I saw you went to Cal State LA yeah um kind of got some gist of it um they were able to give me an interview yeah. and then um yeah I interviewed, I went through the process I could talk a little bit more about that if yeah we want to um but it was interesting because uh, I, I was too junior for the role that I had applied to. Okay. Um, but on the spot, so they basically told me no on the spot after two interviews with two different people, uh, like the engineering manager and then the head of product for that vertical. So yeah. Internet Brands has different verticals that they're focused in. So it's like legal, health, home and travel, and auto. Okay. So it's for the auto vertical. It lined up with my auto gravity experience. But they're like, hey, you're a little too junior. You know, we see that you're really cool, but you know, sorry. I was yeah. like, no problem. Took it on the chin. Had nothing yeah. to lose. And then the recruiter was like, hey, you know, the legal vertical. Um, Let me see if they're free because they're looking for someone. I was like, sure. You know, I'm yeah. down. Um, so I kind of went in super loose, very comfortable, um, and I was able to do well in that interview. And then you know, I was able to get the uh, the role. So I was dude, I, I, I love it. I love it. I think that's <laughs>
0: yeah. the right mindset and mentality to have, man. But like, people put too much like uh, pressure on themselves that I must get this job because this is my end all be all. And the truth yeah. is like the worst thing that happens when you don't get a job is your life remains the same. Yeah. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, so.
1: yeah. I repeat that a ton. Now, Cause I remember from your workshop, that you said that and I, I literally repeat that so many times. And I mean, I was like unemployed. I was like, Oh, I really have nothing to lose. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, getting nervous is, is normal and part of the interview, but I think, you know, through the practice and stuff, I think trying to figure out your method of trying to handle and just push through like, yeah, yeah.
0: Is, is massive. So dude, uh, how long have you been there now? I hope you're, you're, you're 11 months, you're quitting this month. I'm, I'm on my 11th month, so, <laughs> okay. so I don't know,
1: I don't know if it's this year or next year now, not, but uh, I'm, I'm happy there. I'm happy. So I am on my 11th month, um, you know, very fortunate that, um, you know, not getting big layoffs where I'm at right now. Um, but yeah, so I'm there 11 months. Um, I work like in the legal vertical. Okay. Um, I'm kind of like 100% dedicated on one of the properties called Alvo, alvo.com, okay. it's A-V-V-O. Um, they got acquired a little bit like uh, maybe on two years now, two or three years or so. But it's basically the easiest way to describe it. It's like a Yelp for lawyers. Okay. So it's like a legal directory, one of the largest in the U.S. Um, you know, basically anything from the bar association gets put there. You have profile. Um, and then they kind of monetize off of like a lot of organic traffic. So SEO. Yeah. Um, and we basically monetize by like advertising and like premium profiles. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is that we have a massive Q&A section where you can ask for like legal advice, uh, to lawyers, and they participate, so it's it's a huge part of the website. Dude,
0: I'm going to tell you a funny story on that. So I needed a lawyer. I'm not going to tell you why, but I needed a lawyer uh, <laughs> a few years ago for some stupid shit I did, but basically finding one of these, like, lawyers, uh in, in it's so funny, because there's no website other than Avo, and you go to Avo, and it's so great, so Yelp, but the funniest thing is when you go to read the reviews of the lawyers, it's <laughs> some of the funniest shit you'll ever see, because, like, you know, people write reviews, and it's very authentic reviews, right? Nobody's allowed yeah. to write and it's like you see people who are multiple, like, you know, offenders write <laughs> reviews about lawyers. And I'm just like, you know, it's like one guy was like, oh, I went through one divorce and Ricky helped me with this. But then on my second divorce, I also called Ricky again. I'm like, dude, like, maybe you don't need a lawyer. Maybe you need like a counselor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in different type of help. Yeah, that's exactly awesome. I'm familiar with. I dude, see. I love Avo. And, um, and it's a very sticky product. And, uh, you know, something like that doesn't exist in, in Canada uh, as well from what I've seen and, uh, and taking uh, notes right now. So yeah, dude, I'm telling you, it's all like, <laughs> we needed a lawyer for like, just getting some, like, you know, will stuff done and making sure like, you know, our family's like, oh, and yeah. stuff all that, my that's dad's massive dad stuff was done. And, and it's just like, you had to, you know, my dad got stuck with a pretty shitty lawyer from like friends referral. Yeah. And, uh, but anyways, um, so dude, that's awesome, man. So congrats on, by the way, like all this amazing stuff you've done. Um, you know, just to kind of end the podcast, I love asking, um, uh, you know, the guests, you know, one simple question so let's say you know i take your resume i delete you know cal state from it i delete you know and nasa from it boeing from it deloitte from it all these amazing brands and things that define you right i delete all of this and the only thing that's left is ricky who is ricky yeah
1: um i think for me i'm i'll describe myself as just pretty like easygoing chill guy that just kind of likes to uh you know, um, you know, make other people smile and help, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm a pretty simple person, but yeah, I think I for me, I think, I think relationships for me, like relationship building is like really important to me. Uh, you know, friends and family are massive. So, I mean, I, I try to, you know, separate myself from career all the time. Um, and so for me, it's just being a, a good person at the end of the day. I think I'm very chill, easygoing yeah. is, is I guess my one sentence.
0: No, I love it, man. Congrats to that. And I'm uh, proud of you, brother. Like, you know, it's, it's a pleasure to have you in our, in our network and as a friend, um and I think like a lot of people can take motivation from your story the things you've done and how you kind of pave your own path literally uh to you know slowly build it from you know where you, you know your family kind of let's just you know where it started to where you are now and it's definitely like elevated you know the, the Enrique's you know family name <laughs> so uh, congrats brother and uh thanks for coming on the podcast
1: no I appreciate it man thank you so much for having me through It's school catching up